Welcome to Tech Breakfast, today's top headlines served hot by your host Aaron Bewley and Tyler Gates. So grab your coffee and let's get into it. Today is Thursday, May 14th. We've got Mr. Mike Rhodes from the UK joining us. Mike is a peer of mine here at Dell Tech that I've had the joy of working with over the past three years. You're a funny man, Mike, and I always love chatting with you, sir. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. And I've got a quick question before we start. Okay. What's the record? The, the, the Facebook record? Facebook record. <laughs> and by doing that, have I now got it? You, you have the Facebook record. Get in. <laughs> <laughs> <Dang> it. <laughs> uh, I'm not even sure we had Facebook news today. <laughs> I really go, go to sleep happy Evil, evil guest. I was about to say thanks for coming on. I'm excited to have you here, Mike, but uh, now I'm having second thoughts. No, no, it's all good. Oh, yeah, you, will, you now will hold the record unless somebody interrupts me during the intro to say the word. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, oh, man, okay. So I've got a question okay. back for you um, just to get to know you better and have the audience get to know you. For your internet browser experience do you yeah. tend to have a lot of tabs open or do you like to keep it clean and maybe have like four tabs open maximum four i hate it my ocd doesn't like not being able to see what's on the tabs so okay. i like a nice big title that's brilliant what's that like i i i have a problem like a real real problem <laughs> with tabs um i i found out just the other day which maybe i should be proud about because it took years um that in chrome mobile when you get past 99 tabs, you just get a smiley face in the counter. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, oh, that's, oh, that's, oh, that's funny and kind of sad. It should be yeah, a crying face. <laughs> that's kind of sad. So I went and I cleaned it up, but I have a smiley face again. So uh, I, I, have, I have a Chrome tab issue. And I saw, Aaron, I saw you dump this in here. So this is going to be fun to talk about. But I've, I've got a story about how I end up cleaning my tabs, too, because it happens like once every six months. Um, <laughs> And, and it's always just a catastrophic failure of Chrome um, because every so often Chrome will fail so badly, it will lock up Windows PCs like to the point where there, there's no blue screen, there is no reset, you cannot kill the process. You have to hard reset the device using the power button. And when it comes back on, Chrome will not bring up your old session. <laughs> and you can start individually bringing tabs up, but it doesn't necessarily re, re five, you know, hundreds of tabs that you have pack ratted away internet. into your browser session. And, so uh, and got, so then I just start over. There we go. I'm only, I'm only at like 12 tabs now. Tabs, right? You've got multiple tabs, 99. How many of those are duplicates? How many do you what? Duplicates, probably duplicate? a lot. Oh, uh, well on, on PC, I think I end up with some duplicates, right? On mobile, I actually prune them and, and I, I, I pretend like I'm going to go back and review these tabs. I really do. And sometimes I will, and I'll pick out like that one. I'll be like, yeah, I'm going to read that article. And I read the yeah. article. And I was like, that wasn't worth saving for seven months. In fact, <laughs> it's so irrelevant at this point that I think That's the right. whole technology baseline changed. Or it's like, yeah, I should have sent that to my mom, you know, last year at Mother's Day. But it's still funny. So I'll send it. Yeah. Like I said, I got it. So the, the, reason I, the reason I ask, uh, Google just announced that they're, they're adding clusters for tabs in Chrome. They're calling it tab groups. I'm excited. Uh, starting next week, you'll be able to organize them by name and color. Does that help your OCD? Or are you just like, we're going to keep it at four? No, I can't cope with that. So I, I, I've got a Gmail account, right? And mm -hmm. I have, I tried with the tabs. I tried with the naming conventions. I tried to create things in, in, I can never find anything because I forget how I've categorized it, right? So if I start creating 
do I have work? Do I have tech? Do I have work that's tech related, that's home related? Do I have sport tech? It's, yeah. it's a mess. I just like to see what I can see. It's a simple life. Yeah. Awesome. I don't like to complicate things. And I just have one big dumping ground for the world. I tend to, so in Chrome, you can drag the tabs around left and right, right? I tend to drag the ones that I'm all, always operating in over to the left. And mm-hmm. then I know that if I'm, you know, exploring something, it's over there on the right side, typically. That's, that's the only organization I do with it. So. Oh, see, and I break them out into different instances of Chrome. So I have multiple Chrome windows, and those are all <laughs> usually like buckets of things. So like at home, I usually have a bucket for workshop stuff, things that I'm pursuing, or maybe a couple YouTube videos related to projects that I'm planning on getting into so that I can go back and review. And then in the main one, I have all of my regular like home network maintenance stuff and different sites that I'm always going to pinned. And then I have like basically different windows for different levels of project completion. So my home stuff is way more organized work uh, because it's, it's so often like whack-a-mole and chasing technology or, or demands in certain places or trying to catch the white papers. I collect them, but it's so much harder to keep organized because there's, I don't like thousands of fractures. And so it's just like stuff I should read goes here. Stuff I should yeah. watch goes there. And then lots of praying. Uh, and I've tried that approach and I recognize that my approach is somewhat basic and, and simple in life. Uh, and I, I pray for the day that somebody can show me a, a very easy way to manage my chaos. But I'll give you an example. A couple of years ago, I went on a course about time management and how to organize your life. And there was a common theme that said, you're a slave to email. You get a thousand emails, blah, blah, blah. Somebody said, you know what? The best thing I did in my life was create a rule that said, if I'm on the CC field, put it in a folder and read that once, twice a week. So I did this on the Thursday. On the Friday, I went on holiday for two whole weeks. I came back and my inbox was quiet for three whole weeks. And people go, Rosie, why have you not replied to my email? I haven't got an email from you. Yeah, I have. I'll send it again. No, nothing. Gradually looked down the folder, thousands and thousands of emails sat there <laughs> that I hadn't read. I'm like, oh my God, this is disaster. I can't just delete the rule and I've never been back since. Oh, I wouldn't have deleted it. I think that's proof that if, if they can go without three weeks, they didn't need you that bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> but then it was a folder with thousands of unread things in it. And that just yeah, but you could delete the whole folder. You just call it May. <laughs> deleted. Oh, Time for two. New rule. Auto-archived into the trash can. All right. Uh, so speaking of internet browsing, uh, the second bit of news here today, the, this article I'm looking at on uh, ubergizmo.com. There's a number of them, but... The FBI can now look at your web browsing history without needing a warrant. Uh, I don't know if this has really changed or anything, but it was say, in the news, is that right? New? Yeah, I thought this was already a thing, but apparently there was a, um, let's see, I think the US Senate was voting to overturn that and mm. it fell short by one vote. And apparently there were several senators there that didn't show up that probably would have voted in favor of changing this and not allowing it. Curious what y'all think about that. Are you a fan of, of that ability or no? Do not, do not like, I don't think it'll impact me greatly, yeah. but I don't like it. I don't like that it's codified into law. I don't have an issue with it because if somebody really wants to get into my email with or without a warrant, they're going to do it, right? My, my browsing history isn't that exciting. Uh, you know what? It uh, doesn't bother me in the slightest. Yeah, so, I, I tend to, to think the same way. Like, like it doesn't impact me personally, but I think there is, and maybe, maybe this is, uh, you know, like a cultural line here too, but there is something about that. It, I, I, they have to have a warrant to enter my house. Why, why is my email 
any less secure just because it's digital. Yeah. It's, uh, it's that, my life, it's my stuff. It's, it's unfortunate in my opinion. Uh, and that's valid. But if you've got an issue with some doing your browsing history is something you wouldn't want people to know about, then you probably <laughs> shouldn't be doing it in the first place. Right? Very uh, and therefore, maybe I'm quite happy that the authorities have access to go and stop you doing the things that perhaps most people, there's always going to be an exception, right? And I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, you know, there are bigger issues in the world to worry about somebody trawling through my very random and somewhat bizarre browsing history. Yeah. So to kind of springboard off of that, though, what do y'all think about the government asking companies like Apple, right, to unlock an iPhone of a suspect of some crime, things like that, right? It feels like a slippery slope. Yeah. That, that's always been my issue with it, right? I, I think... It, it's easy to kind of sit there and say, well, my browsing history is colorful, but not illegal. Right. And the things that will immediately come to mind that I would be happy for authorities to have access to so that they could stop people from doing behaviors that are deplorable. You know, part of me thinks, yay, go do that, make that possible. But then you think about certain societies where what is and isn't illegal and what it's illegal for in, in my mind, has already overstepped to the bounds of what's appropriate, like just public dissent of government entities, for instance, is illegal in certain countries and cultures. Yeah. Well, now they could just look and say, well, is illegal for you to access that website that talks poorly about the government? And I've accessed your history and you did, so you're going to jail. And, and I think that's a huge overstep, but we just said, if somebody decides to make something that was innocuous yesterday illegal tomorrow, even though that doesn't necessarily mean you could get caught for it for doing it yesterday, right? It just gives them carte blanche to go through that history and say, ah, person of interest, let's wait till they access it again and lock them up. Yeah, and I think in the same way somebody has to um, get a warrant, to your point, search your house, I think there has to be a legal enough, I guess, suspicion to justify yeah. getting a warrant. You can say, Dave, I want to go and look in this house, give me a warrant. Why? You've got to give some, you know, just cause. Yeah. Right. So, so the same way, if there is just cause to unlock somebody's phone, laptop, you know, whatever, what I don't think any a, a, an electronic device should be any more or less protected than my house, my car boot, yeah. you know, what, yeah. you know, my suitcase. Completely um, agree. Technology allows them to be more protected, uh, and maybe that's not the right approach. Hmm. Okay. Well, good. Good to get y'all's thoughts on that. Um, what else are y'all looking at? You got anything for us, Mike? Yeah, electric scooters, right? So you guys have got them in the States, got them in uh, Europe. Um, in the UK, we were looking at um, piloting stroke, testing out their feasibility probably this time next year, given the whole challenge we're facing with viruses and isolation and public transport and crowding public transport in a number of cities in the UK starting next month, we're going to be trialing them. So very quickly, we could be in a position where it is legal to ride them on the road, on the, the pavement. Um, and I think that's quite powerful, actually. That's quite huge because I'm, I'm sat here in you know, a role that travels across Europe, Middle East, and Africa. I can't see myself getting on a plane for, for work for many, many months in reality. And actually, in the current scenario, I don't think I really want to go into London on a crowded tube on a busy train. Oh, now, yeah. If I could go into London in the car to a certain point and then jump on a scooter for half an hour, I could do it on a bike, I suppose, but all of a sudden that makes that office a bit more accessible. Um, so I think there's some big, I'm quite optimistic about that. I think that'd be quite a powerful thing, some pretty cool tech associated with them as well. Uh, yeah. I like a bit of gadgetry kicking around, but I think that's, that's quite new. And that's quite, a, a, I guess for me, a positive outcome 
of the scenario and the situation that we're in right now. That's, I, that's really interesting because it's not something that I would have really even considered because it's hard to put myself in those shoes. So it's great to have your perspective as somebody who's close to a city where public transportation is actually, you know, arguably top notch or critical to the sort of transportation infrastructure, right? Yeah. Whereas, you know, Aaron and I are in Dallas, Texas, and we have some public infrastructure for that, for transportation, but a lot of people, um, don't rely on it. You know, we, we all drive yeah. cars. We have two, three per family kind of thing, right? Trucks, um, lots of trucks. Lots of trucks. Yes, yes, very true, right? <laughs> the, the stereotype is alive and well. But um, <laughs> it, it reminds me of like when I when I traveled around Asia, the, the idea of hundreds of thousands of people simultaneously flooding the street in scooters is very normal, right? Hanoi is notorious for their traffic hours, uh, where where traffic ebbs and flows and takes over lanes that were designated for the other direction of traffic naturally just yeah. because of the number of people moving in a certain direction and the it's very culturally normal so there aren't I'm sure there are boatloads of accidents just because there are hundreds of thousands of people actually riding scooters and, and cars and whatnot in the in the areas but it is very possible to have kind of organized chaos traffic that isn't everyone yeah. packed into a tube like yeah, and, and the tubes i mean even as we start relaxing the rules about going back to work for key workers and stuff this week some of the shots of of you know tube platforms in london are horrific i mean they're busy okay. at the best of times but because they've reduced capacity they're just as busy as they were because they've got less trains to carry or bit smaller people but it's uh, and so i can't see that being a, a sustainable model mm. and particularly if you're you know if you're in an environment where you're not used to that way of commuting and you start telling people, right, you need to go back into the office. Well, it's fine if you just drive your car, park in a nice big parking space, walking under you know, the undercover and you're in the office. If you've got to go up a building that's 20, in an elevator that's 25 stories and you go in a, in a lift that's you know, jam-packed to people, that doesn't work. Yeah. So the whole thing is just, you know, I think change massively. Um, is the, I think is, you know, one of the positive outcomes is you know, electric scooters. Is working from home going well for you and your teams? So, and we were talking about this today. Um, I, I run a distributed team across from me. I tend to only see them face to face at best once a quarter. Um, we're still doing the same work. Um, customers are accepting of Zoom sessions like this, right? So, so no, we don't need to travel. We can actually arguably do more meetings in a day than we could if we were traveling. Because it's very easy to stack up back to back Zoom meetings. But I know how many Zoom meetings I've had today because I've got five. Uh, tabs in Chrome open because every time I bloody open a link on Zoom, it fires up another tab, which I don't know. Like. Right. Um, so I think we are as a team busier currently in the last two months and possibly even two and a half months than we have been for some time. Uh, and I'm not sure it's sustainable. Either, right? yeah. um, great. But the day is longer. You know, day starts at half seven for me, which is normally if I'm traveling in, it's sort of, Eight, nine, ten, depending on where we're going to. Uh, we're still on calls at six, seven, eight o'clock at night. Yeah. Um, we, we, I'm seeing the same things. Everybody kind of says it. The days are are definitely longer. There are more meetings. The zooms are jam packed, back to back to back. And I, I'm with you. I'm not sure that it is sustainable. I had to actually go and hard code a lunch break so that yeah. I could spend a little time with my kids during their, you know, recess at home. Give my wife a little bit of a break, and also yeah. eat. Because if I didn't put that on there, I would be snacking at my desk as a best case scenario and, and barely getting a chance to breathe. 
and uh, I do an okay job of defending that, um, <laughs> but not every day. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I can't, I can't do back-to-back Zooms from 7.30 in the morning until 5.30 in the evening, but I've had days like that more often since uh, work from home was everybody's normal. Yeah, and I think, you know, particularly those who aren't used to working from home are trying to be more visible, mm. a lot more communication going on. And actually the, the interaction I have with my teams is, is the same level, but the one-to-ones we have are more personal now because it's deliberately not work-related conversations because we're all in the deal with you, all the other bits and pieces. So, and it's quite nice. I've actually got to know my That's team better through the last few a bit months because we've been talking about, to a certain extent, nonsense. But you know, what are you doing <laughs> this weekend? Well, I'm you know I'm decorating the spare room because you know, I ran out of paint last week and the paint shop's still like Whatever it is, but it's so getting to know the guys a lot better. Um, but yeah, all good. That's great. Uh, that's that's a fun upside, right? Like the better personal connections is a yeah. cool outcome. There's another bit of news I saw in here. Uh, Tyler, you dropped in. Uh, what does it say? Netflix saved the average viewer hundreds of hours of ads every year. Which I thought was that. cool. It's a good point. You put in some facts here. Average user watches over two hours per day. Network TV averages 18 minutes of commercials per hour. Yeah. Um, and... Well, I just immediately went to, okay, that's cool. Netflix saves time on commercials, but how much more to like, people are like, yeah, I just streamed this entire show, like all four seasons the past two days. So it's not saving them time in front of the TV. No, no, it is not. It's just advertising time. I'm, I'm all for it, uh, you know, for not seeing ads. That's part of the reason I yeah. did the cord cutting thing a long time ago. I, I can't stand the ads that my kids end up seeing if they're ever watching cable TV, which really they're not even familiar with. Like closest, closest I get to that is walking through a target, which I also can't do right now. And having my kids see like the uh, unicorn that poops or something and be like, cool, I need a unicorn that poops. And I'm like, why? Are you serious? You didn't What's even see an rainbows, ad where they Tyler? animated it like pooping a rainbow on the way to Mars or something, <laughs> which I mean, I kind of understand that sounds cool, right? But no, my daughter literally like bought a cat that poops just because she saw it on the shelf too. So it doesn't take much advertising to like totally yeah. suck them in. And so I'm for it. But you, you bring up a good point. People are watching a boatload of Netflix. <laughs> But, right, so we're stuck here in front of our PCs, tablets, phones. The advertising that's going on on Instagram, Facebook, various other things. It's in the last, now, honesty time now, in the last two and a half, three months, where we've been probably exposed to a greater level of online advertising, how much stuff have you bought off the back of an online advert that you wouldn't maybe have bought before if you hadn't been exposed to it, if that makes sense? Dude, probably a ton for me. I don't know about you, Tyler, but I, the past <laughs> month I've been on a buying spree. It's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> it's, it's like yeah, I can't get I, out, so I just buy things to feel like I'm getting and, out. And, and That's it is so funny. Because you can't see it for real. You can't touch it. Yeah. Can't feel it. When it's arrived, how much of that stuff you bought has just been like, I really, that sounded really good on the writer. It looked really good on the advert. And it's just a big pile of steaming, you know, whatever. That's funny. Unbelievable! Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That when well, the money isn't even that. real, you know, like I don't even, money I don't money? even give a card or like tap oh, a thing well. anymore. <laughs> I was like, yeah, tell me more. A, it's a button. No, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's no, there's, there's no exchange other than just you know, click to pay. Yeah. No, I yeah. get it. I get it. No, for me, um, I don't think it really changed that much. Uh, I, I am kind of an advertiser's worst nightmare. Not, not just because I block ads ruthlessly in my home network, but even when I didn't, I'm, I am so bad at seeing them and noticing them 
And when I'm buying stuff, I'm very purposeful and I always look at used and auction first. So I'm, I'm more likely to go buy something used off of Craigslist than I am to get it brand new. And I'll put like big purchases that I've been interested in for a long time. And I will just track used markets until one comes up. And as long as it fits into a, like sort of a band I have determined is an acceptable savings for a used product. So I'm probably a pretty bad example there, but what I think gets me, um, and, and I'm guessing that this is, it's kind of scary. This is near conspiracy theory level stuff, right? What gets me is I'm, I'm one of those, I will pay for higher quality goods, um, especially tools, like, cause I, I care very much about precision. Um, and, and I'm, I, I like things that are built well, right? But I want that sort of quality and price relationship to be in a certain place. So I will read reviews and watch reviews kind of to no end, to a fault sometimes. And I'm fairly certain that a lot of the sort of classic review sites for, for any type of good, whether it's audio equipment or it's water guns or it's you know power tools, whatever it is, I think most of those are basically ads at this point too. Not, not quite as bad as astroturfing, but nearly as much. So like they're all just basically an ecosystem of advertising that isn't the, oh, look at the shiny thing in the corner, go buy it. It's, but we still need you to buy this too, right? So they've just found a way to get into my head. <laughs> what about you, Mike? You've been buying anything? Oh, all kinds of crap, honestly. I've got a pair of shorts. Okay, now I don't feel so good. I've got a pair of shorts here, right? <laughs> I'm not even remotely close to the picture. I mean, they're really quite smart on the internet and the picture, they're fantastic. Awesome. Useless. And I've got a pay to send them back to China. Oh. So it cost me $30, $4.99 of that was shipping, brilliant. To send them back, it's going to cost me 20 bucks to get my three leave That makes no sense, right? So I've been you get PayPal. $3 back. Yeah, well, exactly. And I've been on to PayPal and all this kind of stuff. It's kept me busy. It's kept me occupied as a bit of a mission, a personal mission to get my $30 back. I've not won yet, but trust me, I will. <laughs> That's great. I love it. Um, right. I, I saw another article that was, uh, it actually made me think of it with Netflix and the number of hours of TV people are watching. I, I saw an article that said uh, UK broadband speeds were not impacted dramatically from sort of the shift to work from home. And you being in the UK, maybe you can speak to that. But they were saying the data basically shows uh, across carriers that it was roughly 1%. When everybody went work from home, they did see a huge spike in traffic. It was 90% more than what they had, you know, kind of the week before. But um, it didn't, they, they got ahead of it. That was part of it, right? They kind of saw the chatter, realized it was coming. So they were maybe able to make adjustments. But on March 10th, um, there was a 50 gig Call of Duty patch that was released. And that had a dramatic and noticeable impact to average download speeds, like almost 15% degradation of quality of service, yeah. which just cracked me up. It's, so they were threatening to... Um... I guess throttle some of the online streaming services. So not doing HD, just in standard definition. Uh, makes sense. I think we probably got that for about 48 hours and then people realized they didn't need to and it was all fine. I mean, we're all quite lucky because we work in technology, work home a lot, video conferencing components should probably have as high a broadband that you can get into your house anyway. Fair enough. We've got friends that don't work in IT, don't work from home and all of a sudden they were using it to download the odd CD or whatever from iTunes. And now they've got two adults, two children working from home, all of them potentially on Zoom sessions. And we try to have mm -hmm. a, a, fun, a fun Zoom thing with one Saturday evening. It's like, guys, this isn't going to work. You know, you're all over the place. You're stuttering, you're stammering. <laughs> I can't cope with it. Um, so I spoke to them last night on the phone because it worked and it was conventional. 
and they're in the process of just upgrading to fiber and all that sort of good stuff that historically they've not needed right because all they were doing is for booking holidays and the odd bit of itunes and, and and that was it whereas all of a sudden four people their livelihood is trying to stream content 24 yeah. hours a day so certain people have been impacted more than others i suspect i bet i bet i i just i thought it was very funny that even you know four concurrent zoom session streaming was not a burden but thanks call of duty <laughs> you bringing us to our knees <laughs> yeah. the one that does make are though so a lot of people have been doing quizzes with family and all that sort of good stuff yeah we all work cool. in it that's great we understand that i guess the etiquette of talking on a video conference with the first one we did with my parents and my wife's parents are all there on our screens and my mum's trying to have a side conversation with my wife's mum because you can't speak at the same time you as we're do all. that well, why not and then we're talking about five <laughs> hours or whatever. and it's just like this doesn't work at all <laughs> oh look at the time i gotta go <laughs> no and then, and then they're all getting grumpy because i've told them off for talking and all this stuff. <laughs> Talking bad about you to your their friend yeah. to the left, right? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, let's see. I saw a couple other cool articles. One, uh, one that I'm kind of excited about that I was sad as I read through the article to see that that it's not immediately going to be available to consumer devices. That Sony announced their first image sensor with integrated uh, artificial intelligence. So uh, they've actually got a little bit of compute and memory, and the idea is to sort of be able to do the compute right there at the camera at the edge on certain images, whether it's identification or just being able to strip out, send back certain types of information. And uh, they, they obviously see, I think, a lot of use cases for it, but I've, I'm pretty curious about where that's going to land and, and how prevalent it's going to be, especially with Sony's um, involvement in both the capture side of images as well as you know the editing side they're they're big in that space too so this is one of those sort of iot tangentials um yeah. where you're seeing all the data is there right it's at the edge when you take a picture on a camera or you yeah. get a video stream all of the data gravity is right there at the at the edge and having just the right amount and just the right type of processing uh capability at the edge is great so taking that, hooking it into artificial intelligence to sort of maybe strip out the most valuable bits without having to ship everything back to you know home or kick it off to a cloud. I mean, I, I see that as being absolutely huge. That's the hard when it part. Comes to edge devices. The valuable bits. How do you well, and that's where that that's where the artificial intelligence comes in, right? right so you're, yeah. you're so what's valuable what's valuable today mm -hmm. or what's not valuable today may be valuable tomorrow. Oh, for sure. Right. And, uh, and I don't think stripping out, do you therefore risk missing the, the key piece? I, I've got, um, and, and it didn't get into it in that article, but I've got to assume that some of this is like, okay, we, we're doing all of this data processing right now because real time yeah. is more important and more valuable. My guess is they won't throw it away. So it doesn't forever, you know, avoid the ship at home, but it does avoid ship at home now. Yeah. And so maybe they can optimize it, maybe they can, you know, take it slower, maybe they can send it on a courier with a hard drive. I'm kind of joking, but um, I, right now, I still think that's one of the highest bandwidth uh, transfer oper opportunities, right? You just give it to a courier, it still costs less and moves faster for large, large, large data. I don't think lots yeah. of companies do it, but it is ironic, right? Um, anyways, I, I think they'll do both, but, but having it right there at the edge and then integrating that edge compute with, artificial intelligence i think it's just brilliant i think it's gonna be really cool yeah absolutely absolutely and that's uh that's part of my new world that i'm diving into is uh Ew. the entire 
market ecosystem of AI. So I will soon have lots and lots and lots of opinions about that. There you go. I like it. I like it. Um, I saw something else. I'm I'm wondering if you guys, I don't know a ton about this. I just see chatter, but AWS released the Graviton 2, their EC2 M6G instance, which is an ARM-based instance uh, in their their public cloud. Um, So they're, they're offering ARM, you know, core infrastructure as cloud instances in their data centers now. It's actually on their silicon. And um, I, I can only assume it's targeting uh, stuff like this as well, you know, IoT, uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning. Um, they specifically say that it's for um, microservice-based infrastructures and stuff like that. So uh, I thought that was neat. I'm kind of, I'm dying to hear some people that are, are using it already and what they're using it for, right? I guess that's quite niche, but at scale, you know, a small mm. number of use cases, but if you've got one, then you need a lot of them. Uh, I mean, hey, I, you're I, probably right. Um, and spinning them up, spinning them down, changing them, throwing them away, starting again, being able to react, you know, nimble environment. That's why people use AWS, right? So they must, they must have done their market research to say this is something that people are asking for. Um, yeah. I suspect an organization have said, can you do this? And there was enough in the skin in the game to be able to do it for them and then productize it. But um, yeah, I'm I'm curious if if VMware may actually have had any interest in doing this too, because one of or a couple of things that I got out of the article was that the their atom-based silicon will outperform uh, you know the sort of Intel Xeon x86-based systems, yeah. similar systems for certain processes, right? And then you look at what hasn't gotten great traction yet, but ESXi on ARM is sort of in its infancy. Uh, maybe has been for quite some time, but it's it's still very young. But the the other big thing is that even though they outperform sort of their x86 counterparts, those instances are also less expensive. Yes. So you could potentially drive cost out of higher compute by using Amazon Silicon and something like, you know, ESXi on ARM. I doubt that's an explicit use case that's being targeted just because of the way that it's being dropped out there but it but it is curious and and it's i'm sure some of it is just cost and performance focused right awesome uh the boring company completes excavation of its las vegas tunnels the transit system is on track to open in january 2021 whoa on uh, ingadget.com oh that's awesome yeah the hyperloop man i haven't heard about that in a while i didn't realize it was that close to to go live holy cow that's awesome so it's designed is it just around Vegas or is it linking Vegas to? Yeah, it's a good question. Looks like this one is just inside uh, the Las Vegas Strip area. Uh, huh. This specific one that they're finishing is designed to move more than 4,000 people an hour uh, across the facility. I don't know what that means. What's the <laughs> facility? But it's taking a 15-minute walk and turning it into a less than two-minute ride. But, but that could be big. any convention center, couldn't it? I mean, that 15-minute yeah. yeah, exactly. walk, is, it Maybe. could be within... The Bellagio or, or wherever, right? When we've all been to, yeah, Sarah's yeah, you go underground and, and there's yeah. just fleets of Teslas just kind of taking you, uh, <laughs> taking you around. Uh, but it does say that there's a future expansion linking the Strip to McCarran International Airport and okay. to Las Vegas Stadium. Uh, cool. That's also in the cards. But having having a one of these hyperloops from McCarran into, uh, you know, into the the Strip area is that would be awesome. That, it's that is awesome. A massive pain to go get in an Uber or whatever, and just it, it's a circuitous route to get over there. Uh, this, that would be very cool. I'd be a big fan of that. Yeah, I'm in. When are we expecting to go back to Vegas, though? 
Uh, when are you going to want to? May well. 2021. Yeah. yeah I would bet May is when, is when we'll, we'll be there again. You reckon? Yeah. I mean, Dell Tech World 2021. You, you really doesn't care about Wave 2. Well, I don't know. I'm just saying <laughs> that's the earliest I think it might happen. <laughs> I got saying. you. I, I hope you're right. I do. I really do. I, I hope we're done with this. My wife and I talk about that a lot. It's just like, when does this end? I don't like the the bad side of that news cycle that says maybe never. It's like, nope, get out of here. Can't do this forever. Not not okay. <laughs> so, Mike, uh, switching gears very hard here. Uh, but have you heard about this thing called House Party? We talked about it a few episodes ago. Yeah, we were talking about it with Lisa. Do you know what it is? Yeah, I do. Yeah, uh, it's so, a young man's game. It's not. <laughs> it it's looked like FaceTime. It's a bit like Zoom. It's a bit, but yeah. I think the idea behind it is if you want a friend, some one of your pals is on your list, they can walk in your house, your front door at any point. So it's effectively like having a house party, a physical house party, and leaving your front door open. And the only difference is. You don't need to spend an hour and a half in a taxi to get to your mate's house to join your party. You can just randomly appear. Hello, I'm here, and then disappear off. I don't see. But strangers can just walk through the door, right? But they've got to be a friends list. I thought thought they had to be friends before. You can't just let randoms in. Mm. I don't know. I've not looked at it. I think we installed it a couple of weeks ago and decided it was just too hard and too complicated to get friends and family of a certain age onto that level of technology mm. so we reverted back to facetime and, and all that good stuff yeah i don't um, feel like i have enough friends for so, a house party but i definitely know that there are enough strangers on the internet to, yeah. to fill up parties but but yeah. to my point earlier right these things are hard enough when you've got a, three or four people trying to talk at the same <laughs> time right? it's not easy you try and do that with 20 or 30 people it's just nonsense especially if none of them That's know each point. other Talk about sidebar conversations. That sounds terrible. So so there was an article that came out today. Uh, House Party is saying they're expanding beyond video chat and now doing co-watching of live events. And to kick Mm -hmm. it off, they are inviting 40 plus famous people, quote unquote, right? I say famous people because I don't know more than half of the people on the list here. Um, Katy Perry. I don't don't know. Who is that? Katy Perry. Yeah. What's up? She's on the list. <laughs> John Legend, David Blaine, uh, Snoop Dogg. These are some actually pretty big names, and I have no idea what House Party is. Wait, but, wait, uh, wait, I can't. I'm trying to put my head in a place where it makes sense to be in a quote virtual what I room or event with Katy Perry and David Blaine and and Snoop Dogg. Like those are such different. Well, it's ecosystems. It's probably different like, events, right? There's probably like some you know boxing match. And between and Snoop Dogg and Katy Perry, Snoop Dogg, you're watching a boxing match with Snoop Dogg. Because I would watch that. I don't know. Oh, with Snoop Dogg, not yeah, Snoop yeah, Dogg yeah, against Snoop Katy Perry. I thought this was like you said, Battle Royale, and I'm like, I'm in. Like, where's <laughs> yes. my invite? Let's do yeah. this. You know, one this verse one verse crazy. one verse one. <laughs> this sounds like Fire Festival round two. Oh, this man. sounds okay. like a bunch of Instagram influencers and famous people endorsing something that has got no substance whatsoever. Is that just me being cynical? <laughs> I don't know, but I would put my money. I approve on David your Blaine. cynicism. <laughs> <laughs> my money would be on David Blaine. <laughs> okay, uh, what else? I, 
are we out i think we're done are we wrapping up the uh, show? There, there were there were a couple of little things but it's probably time to do it actually no i do i want to touch on one thing um we we mentioned the Chi- chinese rocket launch yesterday um that was brought up right uh kieran brought it up and uh, it turns out that it dumped debris in africa too so i'm starting to think less and less that that was just a, a shot across the bow threat got it close to new york stuff i think it sounds like they made some pretty terrible mistakes with the uh uncontrolled re-entry of the the rock tree components that's that's crazy to me and do you not think this ties in with your conversation you had earlier in the week about microwave powered drones <laughs> right? so we've got a fairly conventional rocket system failing dropping stuff on you know this is true. You know, places it shouldn't and people are talking about having a great big laser or microwave shooting down to a drone that's probably no bigger than this book that i'm sat in front of that's got to be a bad idea yeah. <laughs> I yeah. like it. I approve. But you, you do bring up a good point. point. Who's yeah. got the button? <laughs> well, yeah. And but when these UAVs, and I think they're going to be bigger than the size of a book. From space, from satellites. And I didn't, I didn't mention this in that show. But the, the concept there too, is that the satellites are able to harvest energy from the sun, turn it into mm-hmm. microwaves, and then power the power the UAVs. And it's I very think efficient. like we we're using the word drone, <laughs> but I, I use the word like, I would more refer to it as a UAV like we see kind of in military surveillance style, right? So it's going to be a drone maybe the size of a room that's always up yeah, there they're flying be really around, big. Right? And, and with that microwave point, pumping from, from a satellite, you can actually sustain flight of larger aircraft. That's sort of the beauty of the technology. And like if that. that satellite's getting its energy from the sun, which is never going to run out, if that thing gets it wrong and starts shooting big things on the earth that laser is never going to stop is it that's just going to keep on burning up yeah. the there earth. you go or let's say it overheats and explodes side. and now you have a drone or a uav the size falling. of a room just falling out of the sky yeah that's going to be great no i can't imagine <laughs> any downsides to this technology shoulder. at all not even a little bit and actually that plays right into the last article that i i found really interesting which was the state of ohio is not going to deny unemployment benefits to people who refuse to work from home during the pandemic and it's because they actually created a site where employers could go and basically submit a complaint that says these individuals shouldn't get unemployment uh, benefits because they're refusing to work, not because they're you know out of out of band unemployed. And the site was hacked, and the hacker just injected a ton of false claims. And so Ohio said, well, we're done with that because we can no longer validate <laughs> any of this garbage, yeah. right? So it turns out we're just going to pay people that claim to need it right I, I thought that was interesting but it, it, i think it's it's a perfect example of somebody will do something you know call it chaotic good and they will show that it's a really bad idea to have room-sized drones powered by microwaves in space um unless you've you've got somebody that's responsible and technically savvy enough to make sure it's safe right <laughs> i still uh, want the satellites around the sun that fire <laughs> uh <laughs> weapons <laughs> at incoming ast- or asteroids yeah <laughs> Uh, cool. That's my dream. Good. So one, one last favor, right? So I was pretty so I listened to some of the shows earlier week. You talked about Command and Conquer. Now I literally jeopardized mm-hmm. my university degree by playing <laughs> Command and Conquer. <laughs> I, and interesting enough, just trying to show, I was working at New Year's Eve '99 in a DR center playing networked Red Alert because nothing was happening because Y2K was a non-event because everybody done all their coding and COBOL and all that good stuff. <laughs> um, so, so my asked soon after the 5th of July, you were talking about playing games and chatting. Can I be part of that? Yeah, man. I'm really looking forward to the new version of Command & Conquer. Yeah, yeah. June 5th, we're, uh, we're not far from it. That's uh, one, two, that is, that's really three soon. weeks and a day from today. Happy days. 
let's get on it, man. Cool, cool. All right, brother. Is anything you would like to plug? No, I just. Do you have a SoundCloud? Are you a no, rapper? No, I, I don't have a social presence. You know that I just, you know, nobody should really listen to me talking nonsense about anything that I know nothing about. So, um, Command and Conquer, fifth of June. Let's get on it. Okay. All right. Love it. <laughs> we'll shut love it down. It, it. Yep. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Mike. It was a pleasure having you on, and yeah, the humor was was awesome. Aaron nailed that. But that brings today's Tech Breakfast podcast to a close. Everybody, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. And as always, if we got news that we missed, general feedback, or the urge to join us for a recording, a recording. Please hit us up. Let us know how we're doing, um, and subscribe. We we love having listeners. Booyah. Recurring. Recurring. Pergonente. Am I pregnant? <laughs> that is one of the funniest dang things on the internet. It really is. Oh, I'm going to go watch that now. Mike, love you, dude. Take care. Oh, it's a pleasure, buddy. Good luck. Uh, this is tons of fun. Very disappointed. Laffy didn't get you all emotional and make you cry over the week as well. But oh. he, he let himself down there. Is that something there was that definitely he does? the opportunity to get some tears going. But anyway, <laughs> I was like so focused. Here's these new news articles, and he kept pulling me like hard left yeah. into. So tell me how much you're going <laughs> to miss know. the team you're leaving. Tell like, me bro, about I don't the feels, Aaron. Tell me about the feels. <laughs> all right, see you, dude. Oh, thanks a ton. It was really, it was a ton of fun having you on. This was great. It was a good show. Thank you. See you soon. Cheers, guys.